HorrorPress.com, a space for horror fans to connect and share their opinions on horror and its many forms. From movies, TV shows, video games, and more, HorrorPress.com, a blog created by horror fans for horror fans. Welcome to the Horror Hour. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Breaking news, everyone. Hi, I'm legendary author and journalist Gail Weathers here on behalf of the Horror Hour, letting you know you have a chance to win a digital copy of Scream 2022. All you have to do to win that digital copy is follow the Horror Hour on Twitter, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and leave a comment on the Radio Silence interview with your Twitter handle. This competition will close on Sunday, March 6th, so leave your conscience at the door, sweetie. You're not here to be liked. You're here to win. Now move your ass! Gail Weather signing off. Hello and welcome back to the Horror Hour, the show where we discuss, debate and disagree on all things horror. I am on your host, George, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts. Today we've got a full house. We've got Yutaka. Hello. We've got Liam. Hi. You always like you just say hello normally. <laughs> no. Okay. It's more fun if it's different. Okay, sure. All right. Um, and we've also got Yusuf with us today. Hi, Yusuf. Hi. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, that's why we're not getting a TV show. But today we're also joined by people that are a bit more important than the ones that I've just introduced. We are joined oh, by, well, <laughs> I'm say it. We are joined by Radio Silence, aka Matt Tyler and Chad. Hello guys, how are you? Welcome back. It's lovely to see you. What's going on? Hey, it's good to be back. Thanks for how having are you guys? We're doing good. We're excited. We're we're thrilled that you're here and that we can talk about yes. Scream openly. And because of course, last time we saw you was just before. I think actually, Utaka was the only one who had seen the film at that time because oh, he yeah. got to go. So we were really pressed that we hadn't got to see it, and he was sat on <laughs> all this information <laughs> that we didn't know. But we're super excited. So thank you. How is it? How's it? How's it been post? I mean. It, yeah, I mean it's been great. You know, it was it's uh, it was been a whirlwind, and it's been it's been great just hearing from people who you know the movie worked for and who it resonated with. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we set out to do. So people liking it has meant a lot. It's been it's also it's nice to hear from the people who it didn't work for, um, which we get a little message every. <laughs> we now get, and we got plenty of that. Do you kind of hear from them more? Wait, really, really quick. So you yeah. talk it. Were you able to keep all spoilers to yourself? Did this group like did they did they bludgeon any of the story out of you, or were you just like totally, totally sealed lips? I would not ruin the experience for them if they asked. I totally would because I spoil things for myself all the time. <laughs> I'm that person who will like read the last chapter of a book, just is. But I won't spoil it if they didn't ask. So I just and they didn't. So. I had nobody to talk to about it, so that was frustrating. But I still got to see it early, so I won't complain. On an island. And we're straight spoilers from here on out. We can oh, talk spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yes. All yeah. of it. All this of it. Spoiler alert. We've been out for a little bit. Let's this get is into it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, we'll start hey, and with... it's streaming for free now, so. Yes, to literally today <laughs> we're dropping it on the day. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Don't. No. We, but we, it leaked, didn't it? To, we had some things to it say leaked. about that. Yeah. I'm not so we're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact because today when we drop this will actually be the release of the digital. So for people who are watching, yeah. you better have sorted yourselves out and gone and purchased it. Because <laughs> sort yourselves I out. That. Yeah. 
But <laughs> anyway, enough about those people. I think we should dive into the questions. And our first question actually is from our correspondent in the field, Miss um, Gail Weathers. Miss Miss Weathers, um, I believe you're coming through. Ever heard the phrase, I wrote the book on this? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Look at that green yeah. jacket. Holy cow. All right. <laughs> I got my bangs. I got the full look ready to go. Hell yeah. That's a full Gale <laughs> Weathers it. right there. <laughs> yes, I am. My name is Mira Mangle, but I am the Gale Weathers of drag. So if, <laughs> if y'all need a drag queen for the sequel to stand in the background, do whatever, I am Paul Abdul forever your girl. Amazing. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. The question I had, because I'm going to get this thing going here, and this will be the most professional question you'll get this whole thing. (laughs) Just FYI. Uh, No. uh, At at what point in the process do you know that you have a fan favorite character at hand? And does that change your, like what you're planning on doing going forward in terms of filming? And then also for the sequels, does that change anything for the sequels if you have a fan favorite? Um, you know, I don't, I think it's it's a great question because I think fan favorites are different for everybody, right? Like, I think part of the fun has been finding out who who resonates with whom and what that kind of thing is, you know, and it's what we experienced as fans in the original. So I think in our movie, it's really fun to see people be like, Team Amber, Team Tara, Team Sam, whatever that is. And uh, it. It, it hasn't changed anything that we've been doing, but I will say we, for just the three of us, we had a similar experience to that when we met Mason Gooding, who plays Chad, where we all sort of just fanboyed out on him and we're like, oh, we can't kill him. He has to live. <laughs> <laughs> and that did change the outcome of the, of our movie. I love that. But yeah, the I twins, mean, who's your, who's your fan favorite? Well, Mindy, of course. of course, Mindy. Mindy. Yeah, but the Mindy's, I love Mindy's incredible. Yeah. yeah, Mindy's incredible. She's incredible. It's so we, tricky they're all though, because like us. these movies are like you also can't get too precious because like the fun that's of them cool. is that everyone's you know that that yeah. everyone's at risk. So that's the that's the kind of fine line now to walk is how do you how do you fall in love with with characters but then also be willing to maybe do the unthinkable. And that's, right. I think that's just the fun of a screen movie, right? That that anyone can go at any moment is kind of where the tension lives in so many ways. Um, but it's been, it has been really fun to watch. There's a character that everyone can kind of see themselves into a certain extent, right? I think that's what was so great about the originals and what works with this one as well. And uh, we, we just, we love that that's in the you know, in like a, the fabric of what is so cool about these movies and what's so accessible about them. Yeah, Who's totally. everybody else's and, uh, favorite? Just curious. Yeah. Sorry, I just... Um, I love Wes. Wes, did you say? Wes, yeah. Oh, Wes. Okay. You took, you took, so it didn't go well for you guys then. That was a hard <laughs> Yeah, <one>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. I mean, I, I, I make no or I'm always very vocal, it's Mindy, because I love Jasmine Savoy Brown and just some of the line delivery, amazing. So good. There are so many takes of Jasmine that were just like incredible that, you know, it was kind of like a hard thing to even narrow it down, but she kind of just crushed every single scene she was in. We just had to like, you know, make sure that that it was all matching. And and like we we, we found, you know, Mindy through her, but she, she, embodied that character inside and out and just really brought everything she had to it and 
I, I mean, she's a, she's a tour de force. She's just like, she's just, she's, she's just such a personality and such an incredible performer and actor and, and human that it's, you know, I think just really shines through. So we're going to like, you know, just you do you and just like, let's, let's have fun with this this way. She's just, she's there's next a level. She has a, there is a very fun scene between her and Melissa on the outtakes. Yes. Oh. oh. So excited. That's did you guys, did you guys have an idea when this was happening? Like, as you're filming it, that Mindy was going to end up being a huge fan favorite for folks? Yeah. I think I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, like, I think part of what was so fun and crackly about her character was really on the page. It's, you know, it's the character that's, like, aware that, everyone is in the movie there's something so so fun about watching having that person invite you into the experience and invite you into the kind of meta language of the movie in a way that's just impossible to not fall in to not fall in love with and then of course you see jasmine kind of take what was on the page and interpret it that the way that she did and look that was a that was a character that we saw a lot of tapes for and when we saw hers it was like oh well this is obvious like yes yeah (laughs) we did it we found our mindy Yeah. yeah Yeah. Oh my God, that's well, amazing. thank you guys so much for uh, letting me join you i'm gonna head out of here one last question before i go okay so ready or not um was your first huge movie um is there any other movies that you plan on making with titles of fuji songs <laughs> yeah, that's a good question there is now yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gonna make our way slowly through the catalog We've got a lot of movies in it. tagline it'll be on there some way yeah i love it <laughs> well thank you guys for letting me join you and uh have a good time so good to meet yeah, you yeah. good to meet Thanks. you we'll jump into the next question which is for me i'm going to get this out the way and done with because it's just the easiest way it's like ripping off a band-aid of course Uh-oh. scream six has been officially announced which is super excited i mean i think we all knew it was going to come but it's nice that we can now officially <laughs> say it um and i know of course you can't tell us anything but can you tell us something <laughs> <laughs> Scream Six has been announced. Do you, why don't we tell you who the killer is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to share it with anyone. Obviously, you know it's absolutely <laughs> way to bury the lead on that one, George. Yeah. But no, how did it well, feel to be able to to finally be able to get that one? Even be like, yes, this is happening. It's so good, so good. I mean, look, I think I think anytime you have an experience like the one that we had making something, which there are always so many obstacles and so many variables and so many personalities and so many ways for it to go wrong. When it goes right, you just hope that you can work with the same or as many of the same people as, as, as is possible on, on the next project, whether it's in the same franchise or on something else. And I think we're so lucky that, I mean, not only do we get to play in the franchise that we love so much again, but that we get to work with the, the same, you know, the same group of people and I we're just we have so much confidence in what all of those people can do creatively on their own and then you combine forces and I mean it's just we're it's honestly it's like it's going to be like returning to camp like we just we we miss <laughs> we we talk about the process of making this last one every day and I, I we're so thrilled that we get to go back and and do it again with everybody I, I got like I'm I, just cannot wait. Um, so, since you can't give us anything on Scream 6, is there anything that you can tell us about the digital release and home release of Scream? Is there any, like, goodies? You've already obviously mentioned that there's an outtake for Jasmine, but is there anything, like, any sneaks, sneak peeks for the fans or any any fun tidbits? 
Uh, yeah, I, I think when when the digital release comes out, there's there's a couple of really great featurettes um, that that Paramount and Spyglass put together that included us in 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 the in the legacy of what Scream is and and what Wes Craven did with the originals and what you know Kevin Williamson brought to it too. And it has a nice little history of of Scream and 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 walks us into the, our current iteration of it. Um, so that I think that's one thing they did a great job on all all of those um, featurettes. Um, we did we have a, just one or two deleted scenes I think that right guys that I think three. are going to there are three. three we have all the deleted scenes all yeah of which yeah. there are only three, <laughs> three, only three. three. yeah exactly <laughs> all of them um, that'll just include not a lot left on the cutting room floor with this one guys it really yeah, is no. oh, I know wow. there's this whole thing online about like we 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 said what our original like assembly edit runtime was and people were like what there's 30 minutes of footage that yeah that's really not how that works we should there's make it hundreds of hours of footage but trust me you don't want to see it yeah no <laughs> We're not proud. no yeah. one's a, a proud of their assembly for a reason yeah <laughs> but the three scenes that were deleted like we we genuinely love and and i think the movie's better for them not being in it but they are also just really really wonderful wonderful moments with the characters that we think people will will appreciate Awesome. There's also a commentary. We did a commentary with Guy and Jamie, the writers. Oh, right. Five yes. of us kind of just talking our way through it. But, you know, like we're all really good friends. So it's kind of a fun, lively conversation. Awesome. I'm so, so excited. excited to get it. Yeah. Um, to take it back to the theatrical release of the film really quickly. Obviously, there was kind of two pandemics going on. There was the Omicron pandemic, which was at its highest. And then there's obviously the Spider-Man No Way Home pandemic that happened. <laughs> um, was there... Was there any conversation about releasing the film like day and date on Paramount Plus or on PBOD or was it always going to be a theatrical release? I think um, it was always going to be theatrical. It never, uh, it never, and if those conversations happened, they happened way above our pay grade. Yeah. Right. We never heard anything right. about them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I think we were all anxious about it. I, you know, I, there are a lot of ways a movie can get released now. And I think for us, you know, we, we made something that we really wanted people to experience in the theater. Like that's a really precious experience for us as, as film, film watchers and as fans of these movies. And I think that that was, it was, it was, it was honestly just scary to see that, Oh fuck, there is a chance that that could guy like be taken away from the experience of this movie. And, you know, we're, we're glad that the people that went out were doing it safely and that it ultimately got to release in theaters. You know, like we've, we've had a lot of really wonderful, you know, comments from people who, who have said, ah, it felt like I was back in the theaters in the nineties watching, you know, watching movies when I was younger, which is really just like the highest form of, of praise that we could return people to, to that, to a very specific moment in their past where they felt the, you know, this sort of nostalgia of watching movies in a different way. And um, that's, it's been cool to, to be able to be a part of that, that experience for people. Yeah, I was very lucky with my experience. Same. I, I got I like I my first day out of lockdown was the day it released in the UK so oh, I was wow. just get, running yeah. out of self-isolation like get me to the cinema now <laughs> <laughs> it was the opposite for me I was in Toronto so we just went into lockdown when the film came out so all right an additional two three weeks to see it thankfully everyone here kept their mouth shut and didn't spoil anything for me <laughs> rude very uh, nice people well, I, I mean, I got spoiled. Yes, I, I. I mean, I think there were only six other members of, I guess, 
press and the theater. So that was a, that was an experience on its own just to be back in theaters, but to like have that experience where I felt like I was the only one there watching was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, not getting to talk about it was rough, was rough, but I'm curious as I watched the film and what you all thought, who, I'm gonna change this up a bit. Which kill from the franchise has gutted you the most? Hmm. Gutted you. I got an easy, I mean, for me, probably easiest, but uh, Randy just, yeah. I just yeah. didn't like seeing Randy go. Yeah. Um, fuck. I mean, look, Dewey. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't including ours. Are we including yet. ours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can include yeah. yours. Right, he yeah. went out like a champ, though. Yeah. I would say um, Dewey for me, too, if we're including ours. Yeah, Dewey yeah. is definitely definitely it for me and drew i mean i think drew too but i that's sort of like the maybe the lowest hanging the lowest hanging fruit because of just how not drew not dewey what are your guys easily uh jennifer jolie parker posey was hysterical it's oh yeah it's just because the line delivery between her and kale was amazing so i was bummed i mean i look i think tatum is a really hardcore one just because the scene leading up to it where she's she's just so fucked with it's, you know, she's so confident that she's going to be fine. And that, you know, that can't be the killer behind the mask. It's that's such a, just such a mega moment, I think in, in the franchise, her, her going out via garage door. (laughs) (laughs) Very memorable. (laughs) Yes. It it definitely is. Yeah. Um, So speaking of kills, now obviously that scream is out and about for everyone remember to purchase um what was the thought processes that you put into picking the killers especially the motive that you put behind it because it was such a clever motive well, we did all of that guy and jamie had nothing to do with it no guy and jamie i mean that was the script was it just just they knocked it there out of the go. box. I knocked it out of the park. I mean, Guy and Jamie gave us a fully formed script, like that was just incredible, right? Yeah, and I think that they like the thing that they did is, and it's they took something that we all know exists, and they they found a new way to kind of sharpen it and and define it, and how to f- like fold it into the the very sort of specific universe that screen movies exist in, and. I mean, it, I think for us, we've been having those conversations around like, man, what's like, what's happening with fandom? Like, this is crazy. And certainly also recognizing that we're, a, we're members of that, of that community, right? Like we're huge movie fans and, and are certainly like, we're, we're not, we consider ourselves very much a part of that, of the community that we're also trying to hold a mirror up to in the movie. Um, but it just felt so refreshing. And honestly, it felt dangerous in the right way. I remember reading it and going like, oh, we're going to take some, we're going to take some risks here. Like this is fucking cool. And, and again, it was also like, we're sort of examining ourselves in the process because we were fans making a movie about fandom. And so it was never lost on us that we were also, I think, scratching an itch that we had had like within ourselves. And, you know, there was something really um, tantalizing about just being like, okay, we're going to, like, we're going to wade into some shit here and how fun, like how fun to get to become a part of that, of that conversation that we'd already been sort of having, um, you know, between us and the writers, like just as, as, as movie buffs. Um, 
but it was but it was very much we just loved like that that was what ultimately the motive kind of leads to in this movie it was so fun watching it and being like oh oh they've went there oh (laughs) (laughs) no it, it, it was like a moment that you're like, damn. But another moment that I have to say where I was like, damn, but in another way where I started crying. Well, I cried about seven times in this film, by the way. But one, one of one of the seven times that I'm a very emotional person cried during this film was um, the four Wes scene because it was so beautifully done. And how was it for you guys that day on set and for everyone? What was the air? Was it like, what just what was it like on that day? Because I can imagine there was um, a mixture of, of emotions are you, are you talking about the toast for yes. West? Yeah, yeah. No, um, honestly, that was like Jamie. Jamie and Guy said they like wrote that first, and they that was kind of like the goal of it, right? They wanted to have a scene where the characters in the movie were toasting Wes Craven, and obviously that was like the way they did. So they went back and had put in a character named Wes, and then figured out like a really cool way to kill him, and then like let that go forward in in into the movie, right? Because that was like the whole goal. And honestly, like, I think from very early on, we wanted to make sure we had involvement from people within the franchise in that scene, because I, I, I don't know if you guys know about the Easter eggs um, that we, we, we did, but we did get voices from, from all the other, all the other, um, you know, actors and stuff from, from one, two, three, and four that were, and put them all in there. So we made it a really communal response. Um, for Wes in, in that scene. And and honestly, on the day, it was just like, all right, great. We are in the middle of a party. We have this giant banner that says for Wes across a kitchen that is built on a stage that resembles a house in Northern California that was, you know, it, the, 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 the surrealness of it all was just kind of next level. And, and obviously being lifelong fans and growing up on all things Scream, it was just it was like walking into a dream on set that day. And and I think that we were all very, very aware of that. And, and we knew it was something special in the moment. Yeah, it was like just because it were like when you we obviously knew that, well, we was, thought there was going to be a, a nod and we just didn't know what. But like it kind of like took me out for a second because I thought I thought, oh, you know, we've got the character called Wes. That's the nod. That's great. So then when when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, this is I did not need this. It was. <laughs> So it was beautiful and it's glad, I'm glad it's cool to know that that was like a starting point in the script and talking one last thing about the script. And this is like um, for you guys, though, do you have a favorite quote from this movie? Because mine I've been going I talk about this quote every single day that I can. And mine is um, Miss Judy with when she's asked what her favorite scary movie is. And she says, I prefer animated films and musicals. That to me, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my face because that is <laughs> the best laugh. laugh. Every single time. Yeah. Every single time. I mean, there's so many dudes. Like, I, I mean, holy shit, it's Ghostface is one of my favorites. <laughs> Thank straight. you for leaving the cup is another yes. really great. Oh my God. Made <laughs> ad lib in the moment. Um, that, oh my gosh, that extra who um, ended up changing his Twitter handle and everything and the exchange yeah, uh, um, between him and Jack was hilarious. And that is actually probably like just a random, but one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, That scene, the fun thing about that is that, that that Jack ushering all of the people out of the party is that's the whole take and we had that in the cut for a really long time and then at a certain point you know you're getting into the nitty-gritty of making sure that the pace is right and cutting 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 
that got cut down to about half. And as soon as we had the chance, when the rest of the movie was working, the first thing we did was restore the full thing. We we're like, no, it's going back in. And we put it all back in. And that's what's in the movie. Because <laughs> we just loved it. Like for us, that was the kind of tone and the texture of the movie that you want, where you really, you're really living in the moment with everybody. And Jack's just, you know, knocking it out of the park as he does. I mean, I love, I love Amber's when she goes into full crazy mode after Gail and Sid throw her over the island and she's in the corner. Like we kept being like, is that footage sped up? Like the way that Mikey was just like, she's so manic in that moment. We thought, fuck, is there like some weird, are we, are we like doing some form of manipulation? And we weren't, it was just, Mikey was just like in this, in this <laughs> mode, like absolutely had the volume turned all the way up. And that whole run, the, it was the message boards. They're so mad. Like all of that. I just also, I like can hear it in my head when I think of that scene. It's just so, so memorable that, that performance. Um. <clears throat> uh it's funny because it's it's reddit as well or message board so i loved it after the movie came out to see now how everyone interpreted that but um i'm curious then with the amount of easter eggs that have been in this film and i'm has there been one that nobody's caught on to yet it's a good question there's lots of little i wouldn't call them easter eggs but like little like things that are kind of planted you know like we're we, i think one of the things that's fun for us is always seeing all the movies that these move that all of the previous screen movies reference you know obviously kirby's monologue being one of the better or the more like the better examples of that but like we we have a lot of movies placed throughout it we have a lot of movie references that i think are just kind of there they're not they're not i wouldn't call them easter eggs they're just okay thoughtfully placed things that mean something to us like there's people under the stairs is in it a couple times um <laughs> stuff like that that i don't think i don't i mean darn all i'm sure people have seen it but you know what what else i mean about matt is on dewey's fridge the, oh yes this is there all these good pictures one. again i wouldn't call this an easter egg but yes. yeah this is just <laughs> a personal like so a picture of Matt's cats and my dog Hank are on, are on oh, Dewey's fridge. We had sort of talked about building this backstory for Dewey where he's like the kind of dude that takes in strays and just like oh. takes care of them and like feeds them and loves on them. And, um, and so we, we loved having there, ha- having a place, a sort of totem in his, in his trailer where we could put all of our, and our, our production designer's dog, Chad Keith's dog is on that fridge as well. It's all populated with like crew, uh, crew animals. But ours are- some, some people want to make their kids famous. You say, no, let's make our pets famous. Right. <laughs> Get them in the film. Exactly. <laughs> We, we love that. But obviously there was one particular Easter egg that made the world crash, burn, scream and everything in the all excitement. And that was the nod to Kirby that she is indeed survived or is alive. Was that something that you always had an inkling that you did? Because of course, I know that you'd said previously that you were fans yourselves and you, you know, sort of listened to the fans and you knew that there was stuff that people wanted. Did you want that originally? Or is that something that came about and we thought, you know what, let's, let's throw that in? That's fun. We wanted, we wanted her, we wanted to say that she was alive kind of from the beginning. We just didn't quite know how we actually had talked to Hayden for when we were in Wilmington and the decision was made that kind of shoehorning her in as a character wasn't the right move. Cause it wouldn't do Kirby justice. It would be like, Hey, look, Kirby's here. And then she's out. And 
was oh, not that okay. fun. You know, we didn't want to like waste it. And so that, that once we got past that, we kind of all were like in the back of our heads, just like, we've got to find a way to, you know, to do this. And we didn't quite know how. And then when we got to the YouTube page, which wasn't the original iteration of what Jack was watching, it just felt like it was like instantly like, Oh, and then we have Kirby on here. And that, this is a twofer. We get, we solved that problem too. It was great. There's also in one of the deleted scenes, there's a Kirby missing poster on the wall. I don't know if you're going to be able to actually see it in the scene, but, oh. but we definitely put it up. It's behind um, Mikey and Jasmine. They're like sitting outside in the police station and there's a missing poster behind them that was for Kirby, but it didn't make the movie. Okay. That's interesting though. Which, which, which by the way, we would have had to VFX once we decide, once we found the place to put it in the and right. put her in YouTube. You had to cut it out. It was yeah. kind of yeah. One of, and then they, we'd have had to explain why we needed extra money for VFX, and that would have been a mess. <laughs> would have been a fight. <laughs> but it's great. No, we, everyone was so excited about that. Um. Also, I did like that you guys brought in Deadbeat, um, Deadbeat oh, James and Chelsea. I yeah. was dying. I was like, I was honestly, I. I was first press screening and I'm like, can I make noises? Because I was the only one laughing in the theater. And I was like, am I going to get in trouble? Because I'm really enjoying this film. And I see some people just like watching and like writing down and go, oh, okay, well, all right. And, and then when, after it's all done, I was like, that was fucking great. I go, oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't get that from you guys, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we love them so much. They've been such I mean, they've been supporters and friends of ours for a while, but I think what we what we love so much about them, and again, as Matt, as Matt said, that, that YouTube page wasn't originally going to be a YouTube page. It was, Jack was watching Stab 8. The Richie character was watching Stab 8 originally. <clears throat> and we, we, I think, ended up feeling like at that moment of the movie, it felt like there was a better more specific way to kind of hit this idea of, of what fandom is and, and maybe kind of show a little bit of a represent, like a step towards the idea of what like quote toxic fandom could be. And the thing that we love about James and Chelsea is they're so far outside of that, right? Like we're, we're all oh, yeah. aware of those, of those web, those websites and those YouTube channels that just, it's clear that they don't love movies and they're just like all about this thing fucking yep. sucks and this is why. And I think James and Chelsea, they do such a good job of expressing their opinions, even when they don't <laughs> love something in a way that still is like really, really intelligent, really kind and really, um, you know, really smart. Like they're, they're just very conscientious people. And so we loved the idea of not only getting them to be involved, but getting them to play the, sh the version of one of those kind of <laughs> shitty, you know, ultra mean like film critique <laughs> channels and they were super super game it was so much fun building that with the two of them yeah i was i was laughing pretty hard at that i am kind of curious um from each of you if you know we talk, talk speaking of kirby if you each could bring back a character dead or alive in some way fat or fashion um who would it be i'm just gonna make, i'm gonna i, 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 I mean I'm, <laughs> Honestly, I'd just be like Stu, Stu, Stu for sure for me. Um, honestly, I've been I've been like quoting Stu Mocker for like twenty five years. It's just that's like, amazing. It's it's just like <laughs> no matter what, even if I have like you know a, a drink too many. Whoa, I'm feeling a little bit woozy here. Like all, no matter what it is, the situation. It's like there's a lot of Stu Mocker um, 
you know, I just love the comedy and levity brought to the entire thing while also being completely terrifying and also making a statement on what it's like to, to making, make sure that you live up to your friend's expectations and like what those pressures are and like all of those things. I think, um, you know, you know, without the electrocution and the television on top of his head, it'd be, he'd be a great one to bring back. But I mean, Hey, we brought back Billy. So you're saying he's dead. You believe he's dead? Oh God. No, don't stop this. (laughs) Oh no. I mean, what? So looking at the YouTube page, um, who knows? Like, like really dissect that YouTube page, uh, you know, when, when, when you can, when it comes out on digital, because like, if you just pause that, like almost every word on that is there's something on it for a little, for everybody there. Yeah. I I mean, Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, I mean, Randy is another one that I think we just, just love that, love that character. And by the way, I think we also, we had we have the we had the experience of getting to know both Jamie Kennedy and Matt Lillard a little bit over the course of making this, and they are both just <laughs> the fucking greatest dudes. Lillard is like he has Stu energy in real life. I mean, he is yeah. such a trip. Just the couple lines of ADR we we got from him for the movie. Fuck, I wish we could share him on the on the digital release, guys. The run he gave us like an so eight minute run of of different ad libs for Flamethrower Ghostface. Uh, just <laughs> one more bat shit than the next. I mean, he is a next level awesome, awesome dude. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll go with Drew. I just feel like Casey Becker. You know, you you really get to know her so well in those first twelve minutes, or I'd say the first six six minutes maybe before shit goes crazy. But it, I don't know. She's such a fully formed character. You feel like you know her, and it's just her on the phone the whole time. I'm, I'd like a, I'd like a Casey Becker prequel. That's my, mm-hmm. that's my request. Yeah, I and Jamie. Yeah, no, we could do that. We could do the prequel. It'd be like that one date she went on with Stu before she dumped him for <laughs> yeah, Steve. Exactly. I mean, that yeah. would be a great movie. Yeah. The Stu and Casey story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. Oh my goodness. No, it, it is perfect. Well, one person I was glad to see who was back um, is on my shirt. Um, I, I am a huge Sydney and Nev Campbell fan. Like, the, the people that are in here are sick every time. I will bring her into any conversations to do with her in any form, ma- matter. Like, they're, they're really tired of it. Um, and I, so I would never forgive myself if I didn't ask this. So how was it working with Nev Campbell? And, of course, the rest of the Legacy cast, but, you know, Nev too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean incredible like she was fucking incredible like I, I don't I don't Sydney I don't Prescott. know <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean she's Sydney Prescott like, and she was so kind and she was so she was she was collaborative and welcoming and all all things and I think we're still a little dumbfounded by it all things she didn't need to be to us you know she was very caring she wanted to make sure that it that not only was the franchise taken care of but also Sydney, and she wanted to make sure Sydney was, you know, properly handled as a character. And I mean, she, I like her input to, into the movie was invaluable, and just working with her was fucking great. And she's like an awesome person. She's just a really cool person to hang out with. I don't know if you guys anything to add, but like, no, I, I think, amazing. I, yeah, I think that she, I think there was this really, this feeling of like, she made us want to do everything as good as we possibly could. I mean, yeah. I think that we already went into it wanting to do that, but then having 
having all the legacy characters there, but but her in particular, it was like, oh fuck, we can't, we have to do this right. Like we have to do this justice. And I think that she held our feet to the fire on certain things, you know, there were, and not in a way that was like unkind or anything. There was just very <laughs> collaborative where it was like, guys, you should, we should look at this. Like we can, I think that there's something interesting to do here. I mean, there are all these little moments that, that she, she had sort of pointed out as let's, let's dig into this and make this like, this can be great. And it was so valuable having that on set. Yeah. I, I just want to jump in with like quite a silly question. Oh. Um, <laughs> just cause it was obviously speaking of the legacy cast. Um, when we did get to see the film, when we came out, the one of the things that we spoke about the most when we were talking about it between us was the scene with um, Sydney and Gail in the kitchen, obviously fighting Amber. Um, who, which one of you decided it was the good idea to do the close-up of Gail kicking out with the stiletto? <laughs> because we fucking loved that scene. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that people have started. I feel like within the past couple of days, I've seen a few people like yeah. maybe like DM us or tweet at us about it. Like, it's such a nice touch, isn't it? <laughs> oh, like, by the I way, just I, funny just story so... about those those shoes. That was we sort of. I mean, Courtney, like she's just always so beautifully dressed and like she has such an amazing amazing sense of style and obviously knows knows that character so well we in a lot of ways it was like you you have a conversation with our costume designer and you guys can kind of figure out you figure out what's best for the character like we're, we're not gonna we're not we have no business like getting into the weeds on like what gail would or wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't wear and courtney made the choice for those those shoes and I remember it was like day three of, of shooting in the house. And she was like, I can't believe I chose these fucking stilettos. And she was just like the amount of like running and walking around that she had to do in them. And then she gets to do that moment. And it totally, it totally justifies the shoe choice in every, in every way. Yeah. We were reviewing it and we're, I was just gay. There was clearly, there was some sort of gay intern just behind just like, <laughs> get a close up of the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> amazing <laughs> that um, whole that whole sequence though like i think that that was i don't think i don't i i think it's pretty honest to say that that was like the most one of the most one of the most difficult and kind of anxiety producing things to shoot because you're taking these two actors who you've idolized for so long and you've got them on the floor in a kitchen you have another actor on top of them like it's like really it's one of those moments where it the, the making of it is just, there's nothing sexy or glamorous about it. Like, it's just really like, it's people like with their hands on each other. It's like, like in an awkward position because you ha don't have a lot of space for the camera. It's a lot of like, does it, are you comfortable? Like, do we need, I mean, it's, it, it just is like, it's a, it's there, it's a, it's a clusterfuck in every way. It seems like that. And they were just so game. It was so fun to like watch, watch Courtney you know, get choked and wrestle with, wrestle with Mikey, like all of that stuff. They could just, you could tell that for as difficult and as kind of anxiety producing and nerve wracking as it was for us, that they were also just like having a really good time and like knew that they were in a screen movie. It was really, it was really fun to just watch them be so comfortable and, and honestly be so comfortable with us and what the movie was to just go there and make those moments as big and as fun as, as they, as they are.
I was actually really shocked when they threw Mikey across the island. I was like, the fuck just happened? Yeah. Actually, that whole leading up to that, um, the killer reveal, I, I, I will have to say, I don't think, I will say, I think everyone in the theater was like, because <gasps> that was one of the best kills because it was so unexpected. And then I started laughing and I'm like, oh, well, now I look inappropriate because I thought that was <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Well, you, you should have seen Mikey walking around on set with a big handgun in the back of her pants, like just waiting for like, like, the pocket. <laughs> it was like pretty funny. It's like, oh boy, hope yeah. sees that part of it because she just has this like gun, gun <laughs> hanging out of her back pocket. <laughs> That is I, uh, the definition of a ham sandwich, guys. The kind yeah, of thing where yeah. three hours after you see the movie, you go, wait, how did nobody see the giant six-shooter <laughs> <laughs> that Amber was carrying around the entire time? Well, Dave, bridesmaids answered that question. Just goes in the crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, something I, I also enjoy about the franchise um, also, just because I, I remember the 90s, I love the soundtrack. Uh, for the next film, just, you know, if you could, are there any artists you would want to have spotlight or, you know, on the soundtrack, if you could? Aside from, obviously, when I heard Red Right Hand, I, I lost my shit on that one, too. <laughs> Link 80? I, uh, yeah, I feel also- like, Ooh. I feel like we, we, part of the fun of this for us was finding all of this stuff you know and a lot of those artists are artists that we like previously and then some of them are people we found or we found not we found for ourselves Mm -hmm. during the process of trying to find it we had like a very I think one of the things that was really nice is that we didn't have anybody kind of breathing down our neck being like you got to put top 40 in this you got to (laughs) put only the biggest names it was like what works so we spend spent so much time just listening to playlist after playlist just digging around spotify trying to find shit that we like and that was interesting and we actually had the music department at paramount was great they sent us a lot of stuff um i think that was part of the fun of it you know because we we love soundtracks from when again like you're saying like the 90s and stuff in the 80s when the soundtrack was as big a deal as the movie and i think we all found a lot of the stuff we like on soundtracks and Mm -hmm. it wasn't always just the soundtracks that were the top 40 shit it was like oh here's something i've never heard before and now i'm interested in it you know like i i had never heard leonard cohen until pump up the volume and then my dad was like oh well let me show you about leonard cohen but it was like there's i think it's fun finding stuff on soundtracks so i long way of saying nobody specific but open okay. to literally everything yeah and i think i think nobody's specific but we will always spend a huge amount of time making sure that that feels right we're we're very happy that there's been a the the response to the music in this movie i think is is we were hoping that it would kind of catch on and that people would appreciate what you know what we put together and i we're we're very thrilled that you know with the artists that we got and that you know it's had the response that it's had i think that there's i think it was the right it was the right way to spend that time choosing those songs and being as selective as we were and the santi gold song that's not released yet is great hopefully it comes out soon it's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you guys talked about not having anybody breathe down your necks for the music. And, you know, obviously Scream is a really huge IP. And I was just wondering, is there was there anything that you guys wanted to do that you couldn't or were like too nervous or scared to do because it's such a big property? 
I don't think so. You guys no. like, I mean, no. we had no. a pretty good relation. Like we have, well, we have a really good relationship with our producers and mm. it's very collaborative. I mean, one of them wrote the movie and it's all very much, you know, what's the best thing for the movie full stop. Let's just aim at that. And, you know, we all support each other in a really nice way. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've talked about a lot is the idea that what specifically Scream does as a movie or as like a franchise and within the the like language of Scream is that it has to take risks and it has to kind of challenge your expectations a little bit. So doing, so, so the stuff that would maybe on a normal movie, like if we were stepping into the shoes of, I don't know, some other franchise would feel risky on this. We were like, oh fuck we have to like that's like the billy one's a good example that felt very risky having mm-hmm. you know a hallucination mm-hmm. hallucination of billy loomis felt like is this just outside of the bounds but that was you know and it was actually kevin williamson who who told jamie the writer that's the reason you should do it is because it is pushing the limits and it is a risk yeah. and like take I that risk that. you know you shouldn't have taken a risk with uh, jack quaid though because I am not happy he's not going to be back. Neither are we. Honestly, yeah. it's the worst. It's the hardest thing back. making these movies is that you can't. <laughs> there are just certain people that don't return for the sequel. It's really, <laughs> it really has been. I mean, we've been trying to find ways like maybe all the characters can hallucinate someone yeah. in this thing. <laughs> maybe Sam Everyone can just have a, a, like, you know, she can just have a back, back catalog of, because it's her ex-boyfriend. So it could, imagine... Billy and um, Jack Quaid ghosts interact. Totally, we've been texting oh, yeah. around that that GIF of uh, of the Star Wars GIF of all the dead Jedi's. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just have that scene. You know, they all, a wink and a nod to all the dead. It sucks when characters fucking die. I mean, my son just watched Force Awakens for the first time this weekend, and when Han Solo died, he I am not joking or exaggerating went no. <laughs> He's five. And uh and he was like, Is that the end of Han Solo? And then I told him he comes back as a force ghost and he goes, What's a force ghost? And I was like, I'm not really gonna explain it. But <laughs> he's back and it made him feel better. He was like, Okay, cool, he's not dead. He's he's still his spirit is still a part of the world. And I was like, even at five, I was like, he was really hurt that this character is not gonna be around anymore. Mm-hmm. So he was stabbed oh, through the middle of the chest and dropped into a bottomless on the exploding planet it's like <laughs> pretty, pretty solid he's, he's way, way dead he's dead in a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the proper reaction i'll be honest i was like yeah, yeah, yeah you just you really felt that dude you yeah. should get him a twitter account great. and he can express his opinions about <laughs> 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 you ever tweets would be great you should definitely do that <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey. A little late to the party, what? guys, but yeah. Han Solo dies? Yeah, yeah sorry. Hey, we said spoilers. spoilers. Uh, yeah. 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 Spoiler-filled episode. Rosebud is we're a just... sled. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, we'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Get them all up there. Uh, um, so, we've obviously we've, we've spent a lot of time on Scream, but these have also done some other amazing things. So we did want to touch on them a little bit. Um, and firstly, I just want to know for me, ready or not, it was amazing. Like, amazing. Thank Where you. did the idea for that come from? Because just Again, we're, we're, gonna go, 
we're going to go back to a uh, guy. All Busek us. And... No, we're not guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. All exactly. us. All the good. Yeah, the idea. Right. Sorry, Chad. Right. Tell them was, the real truth. No, it was a uh, guy Busick and Ryan Christopher Murphy are the two writers on it. And honestly, that script came across our desk pretty early on. And we were like, you know, we would love to do it. We totally love the way they blended tones. Right. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of the people that they, we weren't attached to it right away. And that was like, that was like something that, you know, we'll just talk about a little bit because other directors wanted to go a lot darker with it and make it a little bit more sinister and, 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 and go that down that path with, with it. But we're like, no, we love the tone as is. This is like supposed to be fun. You know, there were even like, there was another version of the, the script where, where, Alex actually does kill Grace at the end and I thought that that was like that was like one of the original like endings that we had of, of the many iterations of the draft that got it and we, we workshopped that a little bit and we're like no we can't we can't go out on like a dour note like that we need to be able to like have a little bit of a cheer for it and um you know and, and honestly like we went into pitch guy or sorry Jamie who is also a producer on Scream now and also Trip Vincent and we just laid it out and just like the fun of the movie and just like really integrate integrating those two tones together and and having fun with the games and fun with the deaths and fun with the, like these uber rich people who are just like insanely incapable of doing basically anything for themselves <laughs> yeah. yet alone killing people and, and that was the fun of the movie and we needed to lean, lean into that a little bit and 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 lucky for us that they let us make it we 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 also like found the perfect studio partner for it too i think the people at searchlight were they, they totally got it as soon as we went in and talked to them about it once and we're like yes let's make that movie there was not a lot of like what if we do more of this or less of that and i was like no we we're gonna walk down this line and just try to like balance these two tones together and make sure that we we have a good fun movie you know in in our pocket and, and that's kind of what we went out and did but a fun sort of fun fact about the making of that movie is that the original script was not the wedding night. It was it was actually the sort of four days leading up to the wedding where where the character Grace was meeting Alex's family for the first time. And there was a lot of like little kind of privileged scenes with other characters where they were sort of talking behind Grace's back. It felt a little more like like a Gosford Park kind of drama in some ways. And and ultimately what ended up happening is Get Out came out. And mm -hmm. it was like such a juggernaut of a movie and it was so fucking good. And it really did that, you know, meeting your girlfriend's parents thing for the first time in such a, in such a wonderful way. And structurally the original draft of Ready or Not just was almost beat for beat similar. And, yeah. and we went into this, we went into the meeting where Searchlight was basically going to tell us like, guys, we can't, we can't see a pathway to make this one. And that's when we pitched the idea of, well, what if we just make it all happen on the wedding night? And she's got until sunrise to live. And I think it crystallized when somebody was like, <clears throat> yeah, just she's in a wedding dress. She's got a shotgun. And that yeah, was the that's moment the poster. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's so, like, wow. Thank God we bullshit our is, way out of that one. Yeah, which yeah. by the way is to say that like. Always <laughs> bullshit. But, yeah. I was like, always, I was like, right, that was close. <laughs> but this I think that there's this funny now. thing. And we've had this conversation with Kevin Williamson a bunch, you know, and, and as we've gotten to know him talking about the screen movies and all of the things that we think are like so brilliant and iconic and have like changed the culture of horror movies. A lot of that stuff, while it, when you see it, it feels so premeditated. A lot of that is just like, no, we needed to make a choice. And so we just like, we had this thing available and we made the choice and it, and it just works so well. I think that it's, 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 
it's really, I think a lot of what makes something work is just being, having the right group of people thinking about the project in the right way at the right time. And it isn't necessarily, I mean, obviously some, oh. some things are premeditated and really amazing and, and like by design, but a lot of times, you know, you find, you have to find things and discover things while you're in the making of a, of the thing. Bullshit <laughs> and, and wing it. <laughs> Honestly, be yeah. confidently, confidently yeah. wing it. Do your homework first, but if that doesn't work, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> no, but seriously, it is. It's yeah. the whole. It's the whole luck is. What is it? Luck is preparation, meeting opportunity. Yeah, that's it. It's that. It's one hundred percent that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Could you bullshit and wing your way through a sequel? Because I would really like more. <laughs> we actually, to be honest, hate <laughs> bullshitting. It is the. It is. We talk about it all the time. We're like, it's you. When you go into making a movie, you have, you have an opportunity to, either have a fantastic blueprint. Or like some of our earlier work where it was like, we were kind of running and gunning and doing it as we go and not having the script fully formed yet. And then making it up as we were kind of on the day. And it's like, you do get little moments that are awesome from that. But in hindsight, it's like, it never hurts to just have a stronger base and foundation to work on. (laughs) Like do the homework, spend the time. It's worth it. Yeah. And on Ready or Not, obviously, you worked with Samara Weaving, who was amazing. And on Scream, you worked with Mason Gooding and Jack Quaid. Are there any other children of famous people that you would love to work with in the future? It's a good question. I don't know. I was actually yeah. Lord, with a child of a famous person as well. Billy yeah. Lord's pretty amazing. <laughs> Billy Lord is pretty amazing. Oh, Billy Lord. Billy Lord's Lord a great one. Well. Yeah, that's a great one. Incredible. Frances Bean's amazing. We talked about her... Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also say the thing too about all, all the people you just mentioned is that, you know, I don't, I don't know what their relationship is with all that stuff, but I know that they, they put in the work maybe even more than someone who doesn't have that connection. They just, I think they're all, at least those three specific people, they, they, they want to be their best on their own merits. I don't think any of them want to be, you know, seen as someone who like got a hand up because of something. Mm-hmm. It's like they put in the work and they yeah. oh, get yeah. it. And it's, it's really impressive to watch. Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess uh, I would like to ask since uh, this past year, you know, well, I think in horror has been fucking fantastic. There's just been a lot. Um, so I would like to know, um, even bringing in Twitter, uh, what was your favorite thing from the genre that was the most surprising? Because I can I can think of several things that trended like crazy um, for good reason. But I'm just curious what horror moment or movie or icon over the yeah. past year just surprised you? Fuck, there were so many of the past. Malignant. Years. Malignant yes! was in that genre. There you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. And because it was the perfect, it was like only only james could make that movie like he he's the only person that the studio would trust with an idea that's that crazy and then only he could deliver on the that idea the way that he did where it's like soapy and campy and like weirdly like like doing the strangest thing in the most confident possible way and it just that movie is fucking great i i've rewatched it a couple of times now and it still holds up when that fall from the ceiling was a moment (laughs) that i will never (laughs) like what what an insane kind of collision of (laughs) moments that scene was 
Yeah. What else? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Squid Game because I, I just I enjoyed Squid Game game a lot, and I and obviously they as a series you have an entire first episode where you just get to build out the characters a little bit and the dilemmas that they all are about to face, and and then offer this insane and incomprehensible like way to get out of these predicaments that they've found themselves in by the first episode. But I think just overall, I, it was a emotionally there but to vi- be visually stunning as well um i just i love the corridors like when they would leave the the bunk area and head to the to the playing field and stuff like that it's just like it's absolutely something you never see in genre and and it was just so much fun and and just heartbreaking at the same time i, I think That's they did true. a great job encapsulating all of that the werewolves that be an is another one that we love seriously werewolves and then great Nighthouse is another one that I just really, really Nighthouse. There you go. Love Nighthouse. If Josh Rubin could hurry up and get Darkman, that would be the best thing ever. They need to just give it to him. Let's do it. Give it to him. Let's seriously. Um, Perfect for it. Yeah. There was one other one. I'll share mine because uh, I think the marketing, or well, once the movie came out on Shutter, VHS 94. The fact that everyone and Chloe was like, yes, please send in your artwork. Hail Ratma. Yeah. Hail Ratma. <laughs> and, and just seeing all the images and everything coming out from that. to catch on. Like, what an amazing moment. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> so cool. And it couldn't happen to a better filmmaker. Chloe's just like one of the, one of the greats. Yeah. And honestly, just seeing VHS live again is kind of like really cool for us because we weren't involved with like the other ones too. So it's just... Now that it's back and Shutter's planning to do one or two more possibly and and just putting that together now. I, I like honestly, since we've been on the Zoom, I think we've had like three emails about about like filmmaker <laughs> treatments coming in and stuff like that. Um, and the Slack line is just like blowing up all over. Like I, I don't know if you guys use Slack or not. We don't. So it's like, oh wow, that's there's there's like a message on Slack. What the hell does that mean? But um, we're very excited to be working with like a new group of filmmakers. And I think that's that's the the, the fun of it all. I think it's it's gonna be really neat. Um, you know, just to just to continue that on a little bit. I mean, I'm happy it was it was my favorite film of, you know, aside from Scream. But uh, when that came out on Shutter, that was just to see the reception and to see it come back, I was it was I mean yeah, it was fun. Shutter really yeah. understood it and they 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 embraced what it was. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll credit to Brad Miska and Josh Goldblum on, on getting that up and running at, at, at Shutter, and, and, you know, you know, and finding the right filmmakers for VHS 94. And, and honestly, like us, Bruckner, everybody else involved are just like, all right, this is, this is an incredible group of people. And, you know, these stories are really, really fun. And for not letting it fall apart when us and Bruckner had to fail. That's yeah. true. Cause we yeah. would have been really easy. I'm so because obviously we've been we've been through the past so (laughs) I would like to know what is next for Radio Silence aside from Scream scream 6 yeah I mean we've got a couple things that we're writing on that original ideas that we're hoping to get get up and running that are all kind of in the same same big sort of crazy genre blending world um, hopefully a ready or not sequel as well. Uh, yeah, there's a handful of like really, really fun things. Um, 
it's been, we've been very fortunate to get to make amazing, some amazing stuff with this group of people. And I think we just hopefully can just continue to, to ride on their intelligence for as long as humanly possible and hope that nobody finds us out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well then I, um, just a great way to end it and slightly somewhat cheesy, but I, I do have to ask then for each of you, and I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch, so I apologize, but what is your favorite scary movie? I have been asked this and I think we never, I'm mad. We never get it right. But I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I always go back to my, my kind of initial, like my entrance, which was Elm Street, where it was, okay. you know, I, and I still watch it probably at least once a year. I just, it's, it, it, you know, and admittedly part of that is like nostalgia and part of that is just, it's like, it just, but it's, it, I fucking love it. It's a fucking it's incredible a movie. Film. It's it still works. It's still scary. It's still, it's just does all those things, you know? And I think, you know, we don't have scream without Elm street. Like it's, it's all in the lineage. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great answer. And I, I'll go like back to the origins of it all too. And like what, what got it, me get into horror. Which Cabin is a Don Calgary. Yeah. No, okay, <laughs> no. sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, Don of the Dead. And and I'm, I grew up outside of Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, the George Romero or the Tom Savini's of the world were just prevalent. I remember like being in high school and going to like haunted houses that Tom Savini just, decor- you know, went all out on. It was just like those types of things were like the coolest experiences ever. Also, the mall from Don of the Dead is where I used to go shopping for clothes. And I think that was like, wow, this place looks familiar when I saw it on, in the movie. And like, and put it together after the fact that it was like where it was in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. And uh, and just knowing that horror is so close to home and, and part of the, the hometown identity. And, and, and it was pretty fun. I mean, I, my, I have a two-part answer that's really a four-part answer. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, I'm All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you guys are the talent. We can't argue, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first the first horror movie I ever owned was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. My dad bought me that VHS, and I we I watched it until it, the tape <laughs> fell off of the cassette. Um, and that was just one that was, I think, for me, I was I was not a huge fan of scary movies when I was younger, and I think that my dad really was. And I think he that was sort of his way of saying, "Hey, look, here's a thing that's scary, but that's also really silly and really fun." So that I think opened my eyes up, and in so many ways. And then the other movies, that I, the other three that I was sort of raised with, there was always one of them on TV in my house, were, uh, were Alien, Terminator, and Predator. Those three movies, for the longest <laughs> time growing up, I thought they were the same movie because they were always just on at my, <laughs> my house. And that was like, those were the three that I think now, I, I, you know, I, I think when I was young, I thought, oh, are they sci-fi movies? Like, what are they? But I, they're full on just slashers. All three of those are slasher movies with that just happens to be some sort of crazy, either extraterrestrial killer or, you know, cyborg killer or whatever it is. But those were those were the other three that were like just on loop in my house growing up. No, all good. I mean, Alien was the first one I ever saw when I was like six years old. Should I have been watching that? No, <laughs> yeah. but that's all right. Yeah. Um, so, and that that is, yeah, that's my favorite just because of that experience. I remember where I was in the house, like everything going on and I was just terrified while still, you know, enjoying the film. So, 
Those are awesome. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like that brings us to the end of like an amazing episode. So thank you so much um, to Radio Silence, not just for joining us today, but for bringing back a franchise that means so much to so many people and doing it with a movie that is so fantastic and really truly upholds the legacy that Wes created. So thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us on today. No, it's been amazing. Thank you to everyone who's listening and watching. As always, please don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. It does really help. And go and follow us on social media too because you know that's nice we're at the at the horror hour tv on instagram and twitter and yeah that's it from us we'll see you all next time so bye guys thank you bye guys you have been listening to the horror hour see you next time <laughs>